Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. I'm excited to just continue this series that we started last week, uh, talking about words to live by. I want you to say words to live by. You probably have some words you live by, whatever they might be, but they are important, you know, to just have certain words that just help us, focus us, whatever it might be. And uh, I'm excited to continue that. So before I get to my word, let me ask you an important spiritual question. Have you ever watched The Lion King? <laughs> Not this new remade whatever thing. I'm talking the original cartoon, right? That's the good stuff. Maybe you remember it. I'll give you a little recap because this is going to help set up today's message. But, you know, Simba, oh, he loses his dad. He gets exiled. You know, net don't come back. So now he's off. He's, he meets up with Timon and Pumbaa. Now he's living, doing his Hakuna, Hakuna, Hakuna Matata life. No worries. Hey, this is, everything's good. You know, everything's behind me. I'm not thinking about the past or whatever. And, uh, and then his, friend, his childhood friend Nala finds him, says, hey, you need to come back. We need you. And he, now he's having like this lion ex existential crisis. What do I do? And then Rafiki the monkey shows up and is like, come with me. I'll take you to your father. So he gets there. Looking in the water, that's just a reflection. No, look harder, right? And it's like, okay, okay, I see him. And then, you know, the clouds come in, right? We've got, there, there's, the clouds come in. We see Mufasa in the cloud. Simba, father, Simba, you have forgotten me. No, how could I? You have forgotten who you are and so forgotten me. Look inside yourself. You are more than what you have become. You must take your place in the circle of life. How can I go back? I'm not who I used to be. Remember who you are. You are my son and the one true king. Remember who you are. Remember. Right? It's all coming back now, right? You remember. Can you figure out what my word for today might be? Remember. Today I want to talk about remember. And I picked that word for a reason. Uh, in our staff meeting, I don't know how long ago, it's all a blur the last 18 months, but uh, in the craziness of us continually trying to figure out how to navigate church and what to do and praying for people and, and everything, there was one time we were talking and... I think it might have been Pastor Monica was like, it feels like we just, in one year, just like leapt forward like 10 years. And everything just got accelerated and explosive and opinions and anger and just what happened to our world. And, uh, you know, that, that gave me kind of a word picture of like, if you've ever seen in like a Star Trek movie or something, you know, they're, they're going like warp speed and all of a sudden they come out of warp speed boom, and they're just boom in the middle of a battle. And they're just right in the middle, and it's everything's happening. It's like, what do we do? Evasive maneuvers, right? You know, you've got to figure that out. And I kind of feel like that's, that's what life was like over the season, where it's just like, what happened to our world? It exploded in chaos and opinion and, and everything, and I don't know what to think anymore. And you just feel overwhelmed, and you don't know what to do. 
And I remember thinking, like, even just the image in my head is, like, you know, if you picture, like, the bridge of the Starship Enterprise or whatever, and it's like you're looking out at the expanse of the battle ahead of you. And it's almost like Pastors Mike and Monica were just standing there holding hands, just surveying. What do we do? And I remember just feeling like walking up beside and being like, I don't really know what to do right now, but I just want you to know I'm not going anywhere. And I'm in this with you, and I'm, I don't know what's ahead, but we're going to navigate it together. And I just want to say thank you guys for helping us get us through a good season. Can we honor our pastors? They didn't do it alone, but they helped pave the way. We are so thankful for you guys, really. Now, as a quick side note, because they don't really love, they're fine with like, a clap and a woo, but you know, if you really want to honor them love language wise, I want to encourage you to get involved. Do something like that. Let's build the church together. That's just a good side note. If you really want to know their love language, let's, let's do some good acts of service and build this church, which you can hear more about next week. But uh, I, I also just want to say thank you to all of you. Thank you to those of you who just stuck through in the season, maybe physically being here as much as you can. Those of you online that's like, you know, even though you might not be able, based on your job or whatever, you couldn't be in the building, but you just dedicated every week. I am still a part of building God's house, and you're commenting. I hope you're doing that today. Maybe you want to even type in remember. Maybe you can put a little lion emoji. I don't know. You do whatever you want. But, uh, you know, thank you to everybody who has just navigated this. Or, and, and even all the people who've just joined over the last season. It's crazy to think. Like, we have had so many new people come to church in this season because they recognize the world just got shook up. And it's like, oh, maybe I should do something about this. Maybe I need to check this out. Maybe I need something more than what, just what I have. That's good. So, you know. Things have just accelerated, and as we head into a new season where it seems like things are escalated and accelerated, we need to, like, get our bearings, right? In the midst of chaos, it's like, what do we do? Well, let's just get our bearings first. Let's, get, let's, let's track ourselves. Let's get focused. Let's do that. And so we need to remember, because we're not the same church that we were at the start of 2020, and to be honest, we don't want to be. In many ways, we are starting brand new. It's kind of like you're a part of a new, brand new church plant. And we're figuring out what, wh- who we need to be in this season, who we are moving forward, but most importantly, who God is. And so today, I want to talk about remembering, not in a sense of nostalgic longing for what was, but remembering who God is and the mission he has for us. And so today, I- I'm not going to preach as much as just let the word of God preach and just and just lead that. Uh, I want to read from. This. I'm going to read all of Psalm 103 today. It is in your notes. If you want to follow along, you can on the church app. You can either just open the Bible app or your Bible, or you can follow along. And I've got all the all the verse. I'm going verse by verse and like a remember statement after each one. If you want to follow along on the app, you can do that. Um, but we're going to go through Psalm 103, and uh, you know, in these 22 verses, not once will David ask God for anything. He will simply praise. He will simply declare who God is, what he's done. He will not ask for anything. And I love that. And so we're going to jump in. He's, he's giving a reminder of who God is and a call to remember. So are you ready to go? You want to get some word of God in you today? This is better than anything I could just make up. So I'm going to go with the truth of God's word. I'm reading from the voice translation today, Psalm 103. I'm going to start verse 1. It says, O my soul, come, praise the eternal with all that is in me, body, emotions, mind, and will, every part of who I am, praise his holy name. So David is starting off. David writes this psalm, 
And, you know, it's almost like opening somebody's diary. <laughs> he's written a very personal thing, and he's sharing this, but it's like, hey, I'm going to let the whole world read my diary. So that's something. And, and so he's, but he's starting by talking to the, the deepest, most real part of who he is. Oh, my soul. This is what I need you to do, soul. Not, not the surface level, my soul, at the core of who I am. This is what I need to remember and remind myself is to praise the eternal, to praise God. I'm going to get my own attention. I, and we don't know the context, necessarily. well, at least I couldn't figure out the context of what's happening in David's life during this psalm. Sometimes we know he's already a king or he's on the run and living in a cave or whatever. I'm not sure the circumstance, but whatever it is, he felt it was important in that moment to remember to take some time and focus on who God is and what he needs to do. And he simply starts by telling his soul, just, just praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. Praise God. And that's what, you know, he, he also he isn't saying praise the idea of God or the things he does for us. He's saying who God is, his name. Bless his name, his very identity. That's, that's what we're talking about. And so today... I want you to remember, remember that God deserves every bit of your praise. Remember, God deserves every bit of your praise. Verse 2, he continues, he says, Oh, my soul, come praise the eternal. Sing a song from a grateful heart. We sang some songs today. I hope you did it from a grateful heart today. Sing and never forget all the good that he has done. Another version says, forget not all his benefits. And so David's about to unleash and, 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 and let us know, what are the benefits of following God? What are the benefits of a relationship with Jesus? And so we need to remember, remember, I'm just going to burn that into you, who God is, what he's done, and what life with him looks like. So what has he done? What does he do? Let's take a look. Verse 3 says this, despite, and he's talking... He is talking to himself, but he's kind of talking to us, and I think we can just apply this right away to ourselves. Despite all your many offenses. Just pause there and linger on the reality. We are offenders, sinners. Not the fun stuff to think about, but again, if we're getting to the soul of who we are, who are we kidding ourselves? We know our real selves, and we know the worst parts of ourselves. and he acknowledges that. Despite all your many offenses... He forgives and releases you. So the first thing we have to do, I think it's so important, we have to acknowledge we are sinners, we deserve nothing, we are guilty, which is not an easy thing to say in a world, in a culture that likes to pass blame and guilt and be like, oh, don't look at me, but did you know what this person did last week, today, five years ago, whatever? Look at them. That makes me feel better. No, we're going to start with ourselves and just say, I'm, I deserve nothing. And yet, God offers forgiveness and release. And, and to be honest, forgiveness is kind of like, I think the first, when, when you have an experience with God or come to a realization that you need Jesus, I think forgiveness is like the first in the order of spiritual experiences. Because until your sins are forgiven, you can't access all the other benefits You've got to start with a, a, a repentant heart of, uh, and receive that forgiveness so you can enter into all the other things God wants to give you. We've got to ask God for forgiveness, which he gives freely. And we must ask for forgiveness, receive forgiveness, and live in that forgiveness. I mean, think about it. If you don't remember you're forgiven, you will walk around like you are unforgiven. 
and you will live a life as if you're unforgiven, and you'll treat people like you're unforgiven. Oh, you don't get to come to my birthday party. You ever said that or heard your kids say that? They're holding a grudge. You don't get to come to my... That is like the worst kid insult you can give. What could I say to just crush your little tiny six-year-old soul? You don't get to come to my birthday party. If we live unforgiven, we'll, we'll act that way. But if we live knowing we are forgiven, we will live out of that. So remember, God forgives. Verse 3 continues, it says, more than any doctor, he heals your diseases. Pastor Monica already led us in prayer, talking about just claiming the power of God's healing power. Now, this can be a tough one, because for some of you, it might be the reason you're actually not all in with Jesus. Maybe you have prayed for healing for yourself or for others, and you didn't see it happen. And so you're questioning and you're wondering, is God real? Is this real? Do my prayers matter? Those are fair questions to ask, and it can be a tough one. I mean, David, David, who wrote this, if you want some context, David's own baby son died, you can read about it in 2 Samuel 12, in spite of David fasting and praying, crying out to God, he loses a child. So he knows what loss is like. He knows that, and yet he's the one saying, he heals your diseases. He takes care of us. I know, oh, it's God. He just wants to remind you. All right. Hey, did you know that I'm a healer? He just wanted to tell you himself. You know, I, I, I get that. You know, for years now, almost, almost like eight years, I've been myself dealing with something where I have been praying for healing that I haven't seen yet. And I have to also make the decision, what do I think about God? I haven't received a certain thing. So this is why today, you can enjoy the message, but really I'm just preaching to myself to remember I'm going to remind myself that God is a healer, that I've seen him heal things in my life. I've seen him heal others. And sometimes I need to remember that when I'm feeling down. It's like, wait, I have seen crazy things. I have seen God do miracles. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen uh, eyes healed. I have, I have literally prayed and, and seen someone who was paralyzed for like 10 years get up and run. I have seen the things we read about in the Bible. God does these. He is a healer. Remember, God is a healer. Verse 4 says, he reaches deep, oh, this is a good one. He reaches deep into the pit to deliver you from death. He crowns you with unfailing love and compassion like a king. Man, how many of you have ever dug yourself into a pit? And you either got stuck in a situation you created or you were put in a situation you didn't create, but you kind of just decided to live there, didn't think anything could change. You know, the thing with Jesus is he doesn't just come to the edge of our pit and say, hey, you shouldn't have done that, or try harder. Jesus just gets in the pit and picks us up and lifts us out. He gets in the mess with us and says, I will draw you out. I will bring you out into something more. And we need to remember that is what Jesus does for us. He doesn't leave us there either once we're out of the pit. He doesn't leave us as dirty wanderers. Think about this. He, it says he crowns us with love and compassion. Cleans us up. Puts a crown on our head that we feel like we don't deserve. It's like, uh, it's like Lord of the Rings. It's you know, the, the, uh, one of the many, many endings of the whole movie. You know where it's like uh, all the hobbits are there. If you haven't seen it, what's wrong with you? But uh, it's Lord of the Rings. It's the best. Anyways, uh, you know, and then the king is like, uh, the hobbits are going to bow. And then he like lifts them up. No. You bow to no one. And everyone else just honors them in that moment. It's kind of like, and they're standing there like, oh, we don't deserve this. What is happening? You know, it's kind of like that. It's like, God, I don't deserve to be crowned by you with anything. And yet he does it. 
So remember, God will be good to you today. He goes above and beyond. Verse 5, when your soul is famished and withering, that's a great word picture, when your soul is famished and withering, he fills you with good and beautiful things, satisfying you as long as you live. Man, what does that look like? Famished, withering soul. Are you feeling empty? Are you retreating? Have you given up on an area of life? Maybe you've been there. Maybe you are there right now. We all have been there. And yet God is willing and able to fill you, body, soul, mind, heart, every way, with good and beautiful and satisfying things that can only come from him. Not surface level material stuff. He's talking about the real things. I can satisfy the craving that you have. And so we need to remember, remember, God satisfies you with what really matters. It continues and he says, he makes you strong like an eagle, restoring your youth. Which is a great word picture again because eagles as they, you know, reach adulthood, it says that they, they molt through life. They lose feathers and make room for new ones. And so, you know, what in your life, what attitudes or mindsets or whatever it is, what hurts, what pains, what do you need to let go of and allow God to make something new in you? We need to remember, remember that we can be renewed. And, you know, those first five verses, as he sets up kind of that personal thing, he's, he's basically saying, remember God's benefits package. If you're part of his organization, if you're part of his family, hey, there's a benefits package here. It's, for, it's healing, it's forgiveness, it's redemption, it's being crowned with love and mercy, it's satisfaction, it's renewal. And so he continues from there as we, as we continue forward. He's, you know, he starts, he looks at his own life. Now he's kind of just applying to everybody. And so in verse 6, he says this, When people are crushed, wronged, enslaved, raped, murdered, the eternal is just. He makes the wrongs right. And again, I acknowledge that this is a hard one. Because justice is a big theme in our world right now. And sometimes it doesn't feel like God is just. That's fair. I get it. Sometimes it doesn't feel like God is just. And some of you, maybe you walked away from God because he didn't do the thing you thought he should have done. And it didn't go the way that you wanted. And you know, you might, you might not believe God is just. And I'm not, I'm not here to, 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 you know, go against that or, or to, to try and convince you. But I would like to challenge you with a thought. Is that it, God declares himself to be just, fair, and trustworthy, acting on our behalf. And I think he is more merciful and loving than I could ever be. And so something I've done, just even the mindset I choose to do, is instead of doubting God, consider doubting yourself. Instead of saying, this is happening, God, you must not, da 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 I, this is the way I see it, and you don't line up, so I'm doubting God's real. Maybe we need to question ourselves and say, maybe I'm just not looking at this right. Whether it's a really awful situation or whatever it is, could I be the one? that doesn't see the full picture? And God, could you instead show me what I haven't seen? Can you show me where there is justice in this? Can you, can you help me understand can you, to get a bigger perspective? Remember, God is just. Sometimes we just got to choose that before we see that. And out of that, God, reveal yourself and your justice. You guys okay? Oh, way to go, Bible. You're doing a good thing here. Thank you, David, for your personal diary. He showed Moses his ways. He allowed his people Israel to see his wonders and acts of power. 
You know, in that verse, I think it's really just reminding his original audience, the Israelites, look, remember everything God did, and he showed us his ways. And that's what we need to remember. God wants you to understand him. God wants to reveal himself to you. Whether you've known him your whole life or you've no real concept of who he is, he wants you to understand him bit by bit. Verse 8 says, The eternal is compassionate and merciful. When we cross all the lines, he is patient with us. I love that. You know, you've probably said that. It's like somebody says something, you're like, "Mm, you just crossed the line. I love that. When we cross all the lines... All of them, not just once. Like we crossed every line, and yet God is still patient with us. God is slow to anger. Yes, he does get angry, but he is slow to anger. He deals with sin, but in his righteous indignation upon the guilty and upon sin, we find something very kind of odd and unique. Sometimes God just lingers long with loving pauses, giving us space for repentance, giving us opportunity to accept mercy. So we need to remember, God is patient with you. Verse 8 continues, he says, When we struggle against him, he lovingly stays with us, changing, convicting, and prodding. That makes me think of a kid, you know, where they're just like, ah, let go of me, and you're just holding him. It's like, you need to calm down, like, you know, as a parent or whatever. It's just like, you need, you got you to gotta control yourself, and you're trying to just calm them down, and they're like, leave me alone, I hate you, get away from me. Oh. We struggle against him, and he stays with us. Sometimes he doesn't say anything, and he just waits for us to just uh, uh, calm down. Sometimes he calls us on our crap. <laughs> And he says, no, you're better than that. He changes us. He convicts us. He prods us. It's a truth we've come to understand even here at City Life, part of our motto. Come as you are, but don't stay that way. God wants to do something bigger. Remember, God is relentless in his desire to develop you. Verse 9, he will not constantly criticize, nor will he hold a grudge forever. That's good news. Once God has disciplined his kids, he's done with his anger. He dealt with it. It's done. If we resist, he might continue to correct, but he never withholds his love. Remember, and this is a big one for many, God's not mad at you. He'll deal with things, but he loves you. He is not mad at you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. All right, verse 10. Thankfully, thankfully, God does not punish us for our sins and depravity as we deserve. In his mercy, he tempers justice with peace. God desires restoration and unity. Jesus gave us that way through the cross. He brought that, even though we deserve death and abandonment. We ought to, you know, I think... We ought to praise God for the things he has not done just as much as the things he has done. Thank you, Jesus, that you don't give me what I actually deserve. (laughs) You are good and faithful. Measure how high heaven is above the earth. God's wide, loving, kind heart is greater for those who revere him. 
I love that. Everything he has, his very nature, it is available to those who revere him. Revere is simply honoring, to fear that healthy awe of him, to be aware of who he is, to respect him accordingly. And so David is calling us to remember, develop a healthy respect for God. We need to remind ourselves, God deserves my respect. Verse 12 says, you see, God takes all our crimes. You hear that, you criminals? All right. Takes all our crimes, our seemingly inexhaustible sins, and he removes them. As far as east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. He removes them from us. Now, I am not a thorough person. I often think, that's good enough. Thankfully, God is a thorough person. And if we thoroughly give him our sin and shame, he will thoroughly remove it and he will not throw it back on us. He will not change his mind and toss shame on us. He will not pull out inappropriate tweets from 10 years ago and get you canceled online. God doesn't hold it against you. It's dealt with. It's done. Man, that stuff doesn't even make sense. Stuff you said 10 years ago, why are you holding that against me? I'm not the same person. And God knows that too. He says, I'm not going to hold the past against you. I'm, I'm with you right now in this moment. Let's go forward from here. Remember, God is thorough. God is thorough. Verse 13 says, an, early an earthly father expresses love for his children. It is no different with our heavenly father. The eternal shows his love for those who revere him. Paul reminds us in Romans 8, he tells us that we are God's children and we've been adopted into the family of God. God is a loving father and we need to know that, especially in a fatherless generation. We live in a fatherless generation where the percentage is growing and growing and growing. So for many, you don't even understand what does it mean to have a dad? I didn't have a dad since I was eight, so I can relate with a lot of that. We feel a void, and sometimes we project that onto God. But you need to remember today, God is your perfect father. He is your perfect father. The next few verses, for he knows what we are made of. Uh-oh. He knows our frame is frail, and he remembers we came from dust. The children of Adam are like grass. Their days are few. They flourish for a time like flowers in a meadow. As the wind blows over the field and the bloom is gone, it doesn't take much to blow us out of the memory of that place. Are you encouraged today? <laughs> a perfect God knows that you can't be perfect, so he sent perfection to die and, and make a way for you. Faith in Jesus and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit helps you access perfection. One Bible commentary on this verse says this. It says, God considers the frailty of our bodies and the folly of our souls, how little we can do and expects accordingly from us, how little we can bear and lays accordingly upon us, in all which appears the tenderness of his compassion. So true. God knows what we can handle. God knows who we are. He lays out accordingly. Remember, God sees past your failings and limitations. But the unfailing love of the eternal is always an eternal for those who reverently, runs, who reverently run after him. Man, God's love is available. I just want to encourage you today as we start winding this down. God's love is available for you. Are you pursuing it? Are you running after it? Are you crying out for it? 
Are you living in a way that aligns yourself with the flowing stream? Like if there was just a stream going by of God's love and mercy, are you just like jumping into that? Are you going to where he is and what he's doing? And are you pursuing him? Are you running after him? Paul reminds us to pursue. 2 Corinthians 7.1 says this, because we have these promises, everything we've been even just listing today from Psalm 103, dearly loved ones, out of respect for God, we should scour, I love that, scour the filth from our flesh and spirit and move toward perfect beauty and holiness. Cast off the old, embrace the new. You know, I even want to just as a side note encourage you, we saw, we, we saw all the faces of those that have been baptized Man, I want to see your face in there. If you, if you would say, I follow Jesus, if that's you and you haven't been baptized yet, I want to encourage you. That is an essential step in saying yes to Jesus, in fully committing, being all in in that way. It is powerful, and you can sign up for next week if you want because it is going to be an amazing Sunday. I'm excited for that. But we need to remember to run to God. His arms are open. All right, continuing from there, it says, he extends his justice on and on to future generations, to those who will keep his bond of love and remember to walk in the guidance of his commands. Now, keeping his commands, living God's way, that is not organic and casual. It actually has to be intentional, right? It has to be intentional because we, if we're going to walk according to what God says is best, then we have to not look at what people in power say or what social influencers say. This is how you got to live and this is what you got to do. I'm going to start by looking what does God say and I'm going to base my life around that. And sometimes that's hard because it's countercultural. But we, culture didn't die on a cross for you. Jesus did. Jesus did. I'm going to follow Jesus. And the thing with that is, it's, I was thinking about that. It's like God invites us into, I'm going to use the word safety, like the safety of following his commands. Even though it might create volatility, it might create division from others, there's actually a safety. When, when you say, God, I'm going to follow you in this, he says, okay, it ain't going to be easy, but I got you. We need to remember God takes care of those who follow his commands. Verse 19, the eternal has established his throne up in the heavens. He rules over every seen and unseen realm and creature. Man, our God is not an add-on to life. Jesus is king. Thank you, Kanye. Jesus is king. He rules over everything. The question is, is he the ruler over your life? Is he king and not just buddy Jesus? Is he the leader of your entire life? Have you handed that over to him? Because God brings order out of confusion. He establishes a new kingdom reality out of a broken world. This is what he does. So we need to remember, ah, when everything feels out of control, remember, God is in control. God is in control. Now as David wraps up Psalm in these last three verses, he gets increasingly excited. He's, remi he's reminded himself and he's reminded others to praise. And now in these final three verses, he just goes for it. He's like, even angels, guys, you got to praise. Like, everybody's got to do this. And so he continues. He says, adore him. Give him, your, give him praise, you heavenly messengers, you powerful creatures who listen to and act on every word. Give praise to the eternal, all armies of heaven, you servants who stand ready to do his will. Give praise to the eternal, all that he has made in all corners of his creation. Oh, my soul. Soul. He brings it back down. Oh, my soul, come, praise the eternal. David takes it to the extreme. Everybody needs this, but in the end, I'm going to start with my own soul. 
I'm not just going to declare to everyone, hey, get your lives together. I'm going to get my life together first, not on my own strength. I'm going to run to Jesus. I'm going to seek the one who can actually transform my life, and I'm going to get my thinking back in line. I'm going to remember the promises of God. I'm going to remember the goodness of God. He calls us to remember. Let me share this quote. A man named George Bowen wrote this 148 years ago. Let me bless the Lord. This is good. I think I got it. Let me bless the Lord because no function will be more rich in blessings to my soul than this. The heart, I love this, the heart cannot delight in God without becoming like God. Let me do it. He's saying, let me bless the Lord. Let me praise. Because it is the peculiar privilege of man on this earth to bless the Lord. Let me do it because of him, through him, and to him are all the things that pertain to my existence, health, comfort, knowledge, dignity, safety, progress, power, and usefulness. How shall I praise him? Not with fine words. No poetic talent is here necessary. Any language that expresses heartfelt admiration will be accepted. Praise him so far as you know him, and he will, he will make known to you more of his glory. And so today, you might be an expert on praising him, or you might be totally clueless. You might have 1,000 reasons why you can honor God today and love him and whatever, or you might be here just struggling to find one. Wherever you are at, I want you to know and remember that blessing the Lord will bless your soul. Uh, if your soul feels out of whack, if you feel out of line, we got to remember that blessing the Lord will bless your soul. Can we stand up? As we wrap up today, we need to bless him. We need to praise him with our life. It's, it's not just the words we sing. It's, it's our attitude. It's our actions. It's how we treat others. It's how we treat ourselves. It's the stances you take. And we're not called to wait to praise him until you've got everything worked out. Oh, I got all my issues figured out. I'm good. Now I can praise God. No. Praise him in the pit. Praise him in the middle of your doubts. Praise him in the midst of your worries. Hand them over to him. And it is fine to wrestle with any of the claims that David made in this psalm today. Wrestle with them. But I want to encourage you, instead of embracing doubt and challenging God to prove it, prove that you're a healer, prove that you're just, prove these things. What if instead we embraced God first and said, I'm going to trust, just like Pastor Mike said at the very beginning, we're just going to start by just trusting God and then allowing God to reveal and help us understand how he's just, how he heals, how he does these things, how he gives love today, I want you to remember that you can have a personal connection with God the Father through Jesus. Would you just close your eyes? I want to pray for us first, and then I want to invite you to join me in a prayer. God, we just thank you. Lord, we just start by just praising you and honoring you just by being here, just by, we love you, God. We celebrate your goodness. Yeah, we can do that. We can, we, whether it is loud and boisterous or whether it is quiet in our heart, we celebrate you, God. Yeah, it's good to make noise. And sometimes it's also good to just quiet our hearts. And in the innermost being, in our soul, God, I will praise you. I will trust you in this area. I will believe you're who you say you are and let that change me. God, I pray that you do that for every single one of us here today watching online, that we would, we would connect with you, that we would remember 
in a season of turmoil and craziness, we would remember and get our bearings again who you are, who you're calling us to be as a church, as individuals, as we are the church out in the world. God, that's what we want. If you're here today and you've never prayed a prayer like that, man, you can't bless someone you don't know, but it starts by, the best blessing you can ever do is just saying yes to Jesus. Jesus, I want you to be the leader of my life. I just want to invite you to pray with me. Would you just, uh, we're all just going to pray together because nobody prays alone. We're just going to say, Jesus, thank you that you made a way, that you came and died and came back to life to defeat sin and shame and open the doors to a life with God. I receive that now. I ask for forgiveness of my sins and I step into your family as a child of God. Do a good work in me. I trust you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.